Hello friends, how's it going? My name is Matt Barr, you listen to episode 116 of the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast. Yep, it's the show where I try and uncover the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavours. Thanks for listening to this one and uh, well, what a week, eh? I'm recording this intro in mid-March 2020 when the world's in the grip of the corona chaos and the future seems very uncertain indeed, which is why... For the second episode of my Cornish Omnibus, I decided to go with this lovely and heartwarming conversation with Gwyn Haslock. Now, chances are you won't have heard of Gwyn, which is why if you started this intro and are wondering whether to switch off or not, I urge you to stick with it and listen to Gwyn's wonderful story. Cornish to the core, she's got a claim to be one of the UK's original surfers and certainly one of the first female surfers in the UK. Today she's in her 70s. She's one of the most loved and recognisable figures in the lineup and is still surfing whenever it's good, taking a pit from the north and south coast Cornish spots. She's been frequenting for over 50 years now. Um, she's a legend, is what I'm saying. And I want to say thanks to my pal and previous podcast guest, Demi Taylor, for the help with this one. She introduced me to Gwyn, helped arrange the chat, and so it was that one bright March day. I mean, it was about two weeks ago, but it literally feels like, what, 10 years ago now. Gwyn came and met me at the Watergate Bay Hotel, where we sat down to go over a story. And what a tale it is, a brilliant look at the early years of British surfing, and surfing in general from the perspective of somebody who's been there, seen it, done it, and is, well, still surfing. As you can hear, Gwyn's beautifully blithe attitude to surfing is an inspiration to us all and puts all the usual yibble talked about what is essentially a very simple pursuit into welcome perspective now i had a brilliant time chatting to Gwyn and going back over a life story hope you find it as inspirational as i did and a little ray of sunshine during these hectic times we're living through i'll be back at the end here's me and Gwyn. enjoy can hear you there we go um and if i start doing that it's just i'm trying to get you to get a bit closer basically but it should, to it, the microphone yeah but that's fine that's good um yeah so um it, it goes out yeah i've got a website that i'll put them out on so yeah i'll, I'll write it down I'll, so, I'll show you a link to all i'm that. not very good with technology right well i'll send you the, <laughs> i'll send you the link so you can have a listen um how you doing? Nice to meet you. Hello there, Matt. Yeah? How, how's your day going? Very well, yes. Just had a coffee, met with a friend in Newquay. Yeah. And then... Um, we got a nice cup of tea, Come to yeah. meet you, and then I might play tennis later on. Very nice. Yeah. And you're saying you had a surf yesterday? Yes, down on the south coast. The south coast has been really good this year. The north coast has been just pounding in. It's too big for me. Yeah, I like me. a nice, small, clean wave. Yeah, me too. I've been, yes. I, came, I came here on Saturday thinking, I might not worry about no. surfing too much while I'm here no. this trip. Because it's just, yeah, it's been pretty big and pretty howling on shore, yes, really. that's right, yes. So that's how it's been all winter? Yes. The, you know, the south coast, I think, has been better than the north coast. Right. And you're in the middle, right? You're kind of be- I live in, in near between. Truro, so I'm... About t- 15 minutes away from Falmouth, yeah. which you have to surf on a low tide, and yeah. about uh, 40 minutes from Prasads and 40 minutes from Carhaze. That's other good spots, but uh, I tend to just 
a go at low tide at Falworth when it works. Yeah. So are you still in most days? Um, I try to be in about two or three times a week, but it depends on the surf. And I had that awful cold that everybody had in January, yeah. so I stayed out of the water for a couple right. of weeks for that. Yeah. But since then, I've just been going in like half an hour, three quarters of an hour down at, at uh, you know low tide at Falworth, where it's just nice and shelters and yeah. warmer. So it feels warmer. So yeah, yeah, less wind. Yeah. yeah. And have you surfed the North Coast much at all this winter? I have surfed the North Coast about a month ago here, yes. Yeah. But it, it just keeps pounding in. We've had these west-northwests. And uh, when it's sort of onshore, uh, offshore, it's been quite big, actually. Yeah. So I tend to, as I say, I just like a small, easy wave. Yeah. I don't want to be duck diving in this, this time of the year. No. Let me just, maybe just move your hand a little bit on that. There we go. Just up a bit, because we've got to go a little bit. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, this is just a bit of a weird noise then. I was like, oh, what's that? But we won't worry about that. Um, so how long have you been surfing in Cornwall then? Um... Well, uh, I, I started with the belly, what we call the wooden belly boards of the 50s. Right. Uh, that's what a lot of Cornish people did. And then they started to bring in the, what we call the Malibu boards of the 60s. Right. And so where, um, where did you, where, the belly boarding, where, where did you, where did you get the idea from for that Well, one? that was Newquay. That I think they'd been doing that for years in Cornwall. Right. Uh, far, way far back. So. Do you know how long? No, I mean, somebody's doing a history on it, but I think before, uh, I should say the late 18s, I don't know. Right. Early but 1900s. All, but it was always the thing that people did. Yes, I, th- I think so, yes. Well, anyway, I wasn't here, but yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I was born in 1945, <laughs> but um, as a child, we would go on, you know, to Newquay or wherever, yeah. and you use a wooden belly board. Right. And that's what you you used. And what is that like? So fish draw, like the usual spots? Yes, like I mean, um, like my brother, he, he and his friend were very good. They'd go out in like six foot solid ways with really? flip flippers, right. as we called them then. Right. Um, and get some good ways. Um, I tend to use the belly board more closer, but uh, right. it's come back into fashion. And there's some very good surfers that go in very big waves yeah, with right. the belly board. Yeah, you know. right. And then, so when you deci- when did you decide to get on the Malibu? Then? So then, um, the lifeguards. Uh, we used to go to Tolcarn Beach. Yep. And there were lifeguards there, and they had what we called in those days Malibu boards. Yeah. We called them Malibu boards, which were about ten foot long. Yeah, massive things, weren't they? And um, they were riding them. Uh, there was a couple of juniors, Roger Mansfield and Chris Jones. Yep. They were down there with their surfboards. So I th- um, then my brother went in, and I thought, oh, I'd like to have a go at that. Right. So I went to the lifeguard, who was then Trevor Roberts, father of Christian Roberts. And uh, he, I, I was able to borrow a board from the family that run Tolkar Beach. They were very good to me. Right. So Trevor said to me, he said, I'll take you down to the shoreline as long as you can carry your board. Right. Which well, in those days, they were very heavy. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. But that was all right. I was determined. So I put it on my head and walked down the <laughs> beach. And from then on, I, was, I just was hooked. Right. So when was this? 65. Okay. Because yes. you brought me your book, haven't you? Yes. And you've got all these. So, you, you, I mean, you've got loads of pictures, basically, that you've kept of, of the whole thing. So Yes. Um, so how many people were, were actually surfing in, in, in Newquay uh, back then? Newquay was one of the, I think Newquay was one of the first sort of what I call 
quite a few people. Um, I think Snives had a nucleus of people. Yeah. And I think Jersey did. Because you had a few Aussies o- over, didn't you? The, yes. Like Lifeguarding. I mean, Trevor Roberts, He, I think he was in the army. That's how he got into it in Australia or something. But right. uh, um, one of my heroes was Jack Lidgate, who was a lifeguard at Tolkien Beach. And he was a very good surfer. Right. And he was a lifeguard at Tolkien Beach. Right. Was um, he English or was he from... He's Hawaiian. He's from... Okay. He, so he was from Hawaii. There you go. But he was um, studying over here at university. Right. And um, and he was a very nice chap. Well, he was not very good to me. He lent me his board once, which was so light compared to all the R's. You right. Know, it was a Hawaiian board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Bilbo, of course, were the main people at that time in Newquay making surfboards. I think Bickers did as well. Right. But my first board was a second-hand board, right. which I worked at County Hall. That's where I worked <laughs> right. over time yeah. to get my first board. So um, I got it second-hand from the Daniel family. Right. And that's in the local family? Yes. Right. Uh, that, that was 10 foot. And I think my brother still got that board somewhere. Right, really? Yes. Right. Um, and then they had a nine foot board, which they didn't like very much. So I purchased that, which was more my... Right. Better for me. Suited you a yes. bit better. So how much was, was the surfboard back then? Well, mine was second hand, which was 20 pounds in those days. Right. Which is probably quite a lot of money in those days. I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, but, um, were they quite hard to get hold of? Uh, well, as I say, the the Daniel boys bought them, I suppose, for the beach. Yeah, and I I always initially got second hand boards. Right, so people would help each yes. other out by the sounds yes. of it. Yeah, and then eventually I would get a new board exchange, etc. Yeah, but um, right, yeah, go so, on from there. So you were hooked. So yes, you. but I've always been. I've never been a short board. I can't. I can't surf short boards. Right. Well, I guess obviously when, back when you started, there wasn't really any short boards, was no, there? No. So. It's, it's my my sort of technique has always been a long board. board um, it's, mine's now an eight foot board, which yeah. is a mini mount, which is just right for me. Yeah. Because again, at my age, I've got to think of carrying the board. Yeah. And you know, man- managing it in the car and on the car. So yeah. I find an eight foot board it's the right not balance. too wide. Yeah. So, you so I can carry it. it. That's yeah. another thing. I I don't think men realise that sometimes the ladies' arms aren't so long. Well, my wife's always saying that to me. So you know, it's like it's easy for you. I'm six foot four, so I can you know carry. Yeah, well, I, I can carry most so of them. So I make sure <laughs> that my board is made a bit slimmer, so I can carry it. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, you know. So when when you were getting into it back then, like what what was, how many people do you reckon were surfing in New King? Um. I thought there was quite a few. I mean, it depend- well, I suppose 20 doesn't sound a lot, but in those days, you sort of get about 20 to 50 out, perhaps. Really, that many? That's more than I would well, have thought, it's actually. it's hard to remember, really, but, yeah. def- but definitely but about a, 10 or 20, there was, I think. A, there was a community, though. There was people yes, doing it. Yes, as I say, Bilbo started making yeah. them, and I think most people here started in Two or three, but I, I didn't start till sixty-five. Right. Some might have started it earlier than that. Right. And were the co- were the competitions we well, were you competing? Yeah, my f- first competition was in sixty-five. Okay. But it, I there was no men there was no men or ladies. It was just a surfing contest. Just an open. And I just wanted so to go in to see if I could 
These pictures are amazing. Let's have a look. Um, I just wanted to go in to see how I would compare, really, yes. and to learn from the people that were very good. Uh, but um, I think I came third in my heat. Right. And they gave me a little pendant. So this is what you're talking about here yeah, in your books. This, this is here. at Fistral. Yeah. Right. Um, and both. So it was just men and women, like both, yes, both competing both together. Yes, both parties. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And in, I think in that contest, there was a, um, a very good surfer called, um, actually that was 66, sorry. That was 1966. A very good surfer called Rodney Sumter. Okay. Who is quite well known. Yeah. And he was really the first professional surfer. From the UK? Well, he, he, he was born in this country, and yeah. then he went to Australia, and right. I believe he was quite friendly and that young. And okay, sort of right, so he got in with that. And then he came to this country, and he was, well, best thing I ever saw. Right. Um, and he was and like... And you learn a lot by watching other people, don't you? I'm up to his standard, but... Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. You learn, you know, you learn from them. They study the surf and where to paddle out and yeah. that sort of thing. So that's what you would, you would basically yes. try and watch the other people. But pe he was what I call the first professional surfer. So, so he was getting paid, basically. I, well, I think he had to earn his keep, you yeah. know, and through, you know, I, I don't know, you'd have to speak to him, but, um, yeah. Right, but that was, like, what, what yeah. you considered to, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, yes. right. Um, so then you, you carried on competing, like there was more competitions? Yes, and then and I, 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 I thought, well, it's quite nice to meet other people, and then they started the surf life saving competitions, yeah, and then the British Surfing Association also wanted to take that side over, right? Or the surfing side, yeah. So I, I was sort of competing in both, and then from then on, the British Surfing Association took over the what I call Malibu or longboard or yeah. whatever you want to call it, right. surfing side of it. Okay, and did that change it? Uh, at those days, it was very sort of amateur. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I think most of the people that started to get better or compete were in what I call the surfing industry. Right. Whereas I was um, a nine-to-five person working yeah, you in a, a county hall, you know, yeah. shorthand typist type of thing. Yeah. So, so, so people, when you say the surf industry, so there was people that were starting to kind of make it their... Shops and their work. making surfboards yeah. and that sort of thing. So that was all starting to grow up yes, as well. Yes, right. yes. And then, of course, the wetsuits came in. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, there was no wetsuits. <laughs> so how was that? You just went in with a swimsuit. Yeah, and got cold. And then in the autumn, you wear a little woolly jumper, you know. Yeah, that work? <laughs> it does, actually. It does work a bit. Um, and then my first wetsuit was a diving suit. Right, as in like a scuba diving. With a sip up the front. Right. But it, it did work. And then I think gulls started making wetsuits yeah. solo. And um, and so that's how wetsuits started to come in because people wanted to surf in the winter. Yeah, and were they easy? They must have been quite hard to get hold of at the beginning. At the beginning, I think people you could make them up with your own kits. You know, they had the, like the yellow tape on. I really, don't know if you remember those at all? So you like could that, something like that. Right. Okay. So this is. It's got yes. This is you in one of your first wetsuits, yeah. basically. Right. That's amazing. So you. So and. Um, were you also starting to like travel around as well? I've never been a big traveller like that. No. Um, my brother lived in uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah. So he was one of the first to surf some of those 
places over there. Yeah. So um, I went to Northern Ireland, my mother and I, to see him. Right. And he took us to places there, Port Rush. And yeah, my favourite was um, Ross Nowler in Donegal. Yeah, I've been to Ross Nowler. I like that. That's with one the of my ho- With the hotel on the beach. Yes. Yeah, because that's really interesting, isn't it? Because that's um, the family, isn't it? Yes. The, the Britain family. Yeah, no, you knew that. There's a picture in there of them. Right, okay. Let's have a look. That's a great story, isn't it? Because um, she, the story goes, went yes. to went to California, didn't she? And saw the surfers there and was like, well, we've got waves like that outside yes, our hotel. Yes, yes, yeah. Because yeah. they've got the museum there, haven't and they? they? And the, he had sons, which still, I think Barry's still Barry's still around, isn't he? And of course, he? his daughter, Iski. Iski, yeah. So that, right, um, so this is you with so them in me, the late it. 60s. That's in, uh, North, uh, that's in Ireland. That's in Rosnala, is it? Oh, yeah, there yes. we go. So, so you were starting to meet more and more people yes. that were like around. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the only other place really I've served is Portugal. Yeah. Arafina, that's quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Not Nazare, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> not for me <laughs> Nice either. to watch. Yeah, um, not for me either that. I, ha- I served once at uh, Tenerife. Right. I wasn't that keen then it went down to two foot and I just hired a board and a wetsuit and managed to catch just a couple of waves yeah, but it's yeah. very sort of rocky or whatever you call it yeah it's, it's, yes. it's a bit it's like volca- volcanic rock uh, in it over there so I can't think oh whales of course have been yeah, yeah. so they had competition whales so I think that's really the only places I'm not really one for like, Australia never appeals to me. No, you didn't fancy me. like checking out anywhere in California no, or anything? No, not really. We, well, we were working. You had to, you know, limit your holiday. You know, you had your holiday time. Yeah. And then, of course, I, well, my brother was in Northern Ireland. We'd go and visit him. You, you didn't have many days spare then, if you see what I mean. Yeah, sure. And then when, later on in life, uh, my mother wasn't too well, so I didn't really want to leave her too long as well. So, yeah. And when you're working, you're only given so many weeks a year. Yeah. So it's they're precious, really. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. And you obviously got. And I, I'm not. Great I'm quite happy in. here. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. What is it? Because what you got on your doorstep? I, you know, a lot of people go away in the winter, but I quite like it actually. Yeah. Well, you, so you surf all year round, don't you? So yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And you've always done that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you were talking about those competitions earlier, um, have you got any, do any memories stand out from them? Like from any particular competitions, any particular surfers that you saw? Um, well, as I say, uh, by watching the good surfers, they, yeah. were, they were very good. Um, and did you start to see... The early days, the, the ladies they were just about sort of... <laughs> four or five in one heat it was right. the other for like the, my first competition there was Sarah New Lynn she was very good yeah and then she, I think her family went to Australia and then the next person on the scene was Linda Sharp okay also from, from Cornwall from Wales from Wales yeah right. she did a lot for the Welsh surfing okay and again I would say she was one of the first lady surfers that was quite good in big surf right you know, I've never really been what I call big wave surfer. No, never been that interested. No. Yeah. Um, I like the sound of what you said earlier. I like it small and clean. <laughs> yes, yes. But she was dedicated because the, um, the first time I met Linda Sharp was I was driving with my mother to the competition here. Okay, Watergate Bay. Yeah. Watergate Bay. And this late girl was walking along with her surfboard. Right. 
And I said, look, I'll give you a lift. And she walked all the way from Newquay to here right. with her surfboard. Right. And that was the first time you and met? And that was Linda Sharp. Right. Yeah. That's a nice story. Yeah. So then you came down and did the, yeah, did yeah, the comp yeah. together. Yeah. Who won? I, I can't remember. She was, pr- I think she was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yes. Right. I, I won about five and then she started winning. Yeah. And then, of course, the short boards came in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So how did you feel about that? Well, I've got that. It's everybody up to their own thing to do. Yeah. I, I'm never. I'm not one of these people. You should do this. You should do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's the best way. And I wasn't going to change. I was happy with what I did. So then I, I well, I was getting a bit older. Anyhow, I, I decided not to compete. Really. Right. I think one of the last competitions I, I did represent England, uh, in Hossaker. Right. France. When was that? Uh Let's have a look in the I book. Ca- I can't remember. This is well handy, isn't it, having this book? Because we can just look it up. Uh, I, I, I might be here. Uh, oh, yeah, so you're talking about all the... So, yeah, because so, this is another question I was going to ask you. So you start, because you're talking here about like Nigel Simmons yes. and Roger Mansfield. Yes, who are obviously that's pretty, right. Pretty yes, well, I know them. Yeah. Pretty well known. Yeah, well, so they're Yuki surfers. And you started yes. to see them coming through. Yes. Like, yeah, because obviously they're yeah. pretty, pretty legendary figures. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, diff- I mean, I've never what I call be the big wave surfer. And they, as I say, they were more from what I call the surfing industry. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Taking it more seriously. Yeah. I've been what I call a weekend surfer or an evening surfer, mainly weekend surfer. But the advantage of that is by not living in Newquay, if I came over to surf and it was rubbish, <laughs> I would go in. Yeah. Whereas if you live the people here, that live here... Get a bit pickier. And I think, <laughs> actually, you'll, pro- you'll probably agree with me, you see a perfect wave, you go in and you can't do a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you go in, you think, oh, this is rubbish. Yeah. And you go in and you really have a good time. That sounds like where I surf all the time in Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always you, surprising. You can always yeah. get a good surf out you of a bad day. You can't tell until you get in. So yeah. And you get used to lots of different waves. So I think from that point of view, it can yeah. be an advantage. Yeah, I think you, so you'd as You'd well. be too picky sometimes. Yeah. I think when it's on your doorstep, you start, yeah. you start getting a bit fussy, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a picture of you there with the cribber in the background as well. Yeah, so that's my mother. Um, oh, that's your mum, okay. Probably. And yeah, yes, that was one of her favourite walks. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. She isn't never, it? she was never went in the water. Was frightened of the water, but loved her walks. And when my father died in '66, she always encouraged me with my surfing. Right. Although she didn't like the water herself. Yeah. She loved seeing it and walking by it. So that was an important spot to her. Yeah, the cribber. She loved it over there walking. And so, do you remember people surfing that for the first time? Um, the first person, I, um, well, the story is that Jack Lidgate, who I, as I say, yeah, that's helped the me, and, that you and were talking also about. Rodney Sumter, they, I think they were one the first people to go paddling out there yeah. and surfing it. And, of course, in those days, there were no leashes. No. Just surf trunks, and no wetsuits. Big old boards. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty... But that's what they were used to. Yeah. But, uh, and they were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I but mean, I never actually saw that, but I have seen people surf the river since. Yeah. But uh, because it's a fickle way, yeah. I'm not always here to see it. If you yeah, see what it's, I mean. quite, it's quite rare, isn't it, that yes. it's actually working yeah. properly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you were, you, as you, you kind of casually mentioned, you were 
British champion as well, right? Yeah, uh, I was the first British ladies champion. Yeah. So when yes. when was that? That was in sixty. Uh, sixty. Well, the surf life saving one was sixty seven. Yeah. Then there was the Cornish one, which was sixty eight, and then the the. And then there was another one in 69 run by the Surf Life Saving Association and then the British Surfing Association. Yeah. So um, that was 69. Okay. I mean, that's a great thing, isn't it? You mean, you must be pretty proud about that. Well, yeah, yes. Well, I was just lucky enough to be there. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty modest. It's a pretty modest... It's something I like doing. I just love the water. I mean, either I can't you know eventually stand up I should still go in with my belly board or a floater or something yeah I just love being in the sea yeah yeah watching other people surf well that's why these pictures are so great I, if, if it's all right with you, I'd love to put some of these on the on yeah my, you will uh, take the book on, with on you on my website okay. yeah. yeah um and there's a story in here as well that you um got invited to um Meet Prince Charles, which is yes, an interesting that was one. Right. That was he, so that, so I that, think he was president or something at that time. And what, what was it? They were like, let's meet everybody who's kind of been involved in I surfing. I think so. I think officially he was the president. Either right. the, the life-saving, it might have been the life-saving one then. God, it's hard to remember. <laughs> uh, it was the president of some surf, the surfing organisation. Yeah. And he invited uh, officials and surfers up, up there. So, and you went up there? Yeah. And what was that like? Um, it was very interesting. It was very nice, actually. We yeah. Actually, uh, there's a picture of it. Okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. So he was there. That guy's uh, right old I'm crew, isn't it? Rodney Sumter, Linda Sharp somewhere there. Yeah. And uh, Lord, what, a, oh God, what was his name? He, he was a famous surfer, but he was actually a lord. Oh, hang on. I've, I know this story. What's his name? It's, yeah, it's I like... Can't um, now. Sorry, my... This is, this is where, like, all my surf historian my mates mem- my, my will be like... Uh, I, guess, I think that's him there, but I, I can't remember his name. He's quite well known. Yeah. Yeah. That's one and everyone's going to be like, you should know who that is. Yeah, it looks brilliant. So yeah. what a day that, that must have been. Yeah, very interesting. And he was very nice, Prince Charles. Yeah. Spoke to most people there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's some amazing pictures there. So, yeah, I mean, basically, this is a bit of a history of British surfing, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got... Well, it's just my... I, it's only what how how I saw it. I mean, everybody else sees things differently, isn't it? It's like two people witnessing a murder, say a murder or something. <laughs> um, well, those you, two people your are, are, see a different thing, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and they remember it differently, don't they, as well? So this is just my reflections of it. That's how, how I see it. Yeah. And why, what, what made you want to write it all down? Just because uh, everyone was asking you about it all the time. They were asking me, <laughs> and Falmouth um, University does courses on photography, etc. And I was yeah. getting people wanting to take photographs, doing a, pre, um, uh, a thesis or something, whatever yeah, they yeah. do on it. And yeah. so I thought, oh, so it's better to write it all down because yeah. I thought in a few years' time I may not want to or be bothered. Yeah, well, thanks for seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> Because you must have been like that. Who's this guy? Wants to have a chat with me? Yeah. But I don't know. I just like. I always find this so well, fascinating. Well, I've always really. encouraged um, trying to support the sport of surfing. Yeah, well, you can see because that because it doesn't get a lot of media proper media attention. I mean, if the Olympics happens, it's supposed to be in a sport. Uh, surfing is supposed to be one of the sports this year. If it happens in Japan. Well, yeah, it might not even happen at the minute. No. Eh? 
Yeah, well, um, let's, let's, let's hope. But um, uh, I think that's got complicated how people get to that competition. I think it's going to be very difficult for a British person because I think it's like only two or three from Europe going or something. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's a shame that I don't think they've encouraged the sport of surfing. You don't think so? What, like no. just generally? Well, the way they're having to, you know, it's a pity like there aren't qualifiers before or something that promote it more. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It's a difficult one though, isn't it? Because I think they're trying... But it's the first time, yeah. so perhaps they had to limit it, time, you know, time and... Yeah, and also because surfing obviously just isn't a normal sport, is it? No. So to try and put it in the Olympics is from the start a bit of a weird thing to yes. do. Will you watch it? Well, the well, I, I, I usually watch all the sport. I like sport generally. Yeah. So, do you watch um, the do you, do you watch the surfing? Did you watch Nazare the other day and all that? Uh, I haven't watched it today, but I've I've saw the competition if they had on, the other day. If it's on, you'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what you know, obviously you've been seeing people come surfing in Cornwall for you know most of your life, and you must have seen massive changes in the way that like the number of surfers and how it is down there. Yes. Um, do you see that as a good thing? Well, it, it it's given employment to people, so yeah. that's not a bad thing. I mean, from a, a I sp- suppose from a selfish point of view, it gets a bit busy at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I suspect it's the same everywhere. It's the surf schools sort of take over, don't they, in the middle of the day, really? Yeah. But it, I suppose it it's holiday makers enjoying themselves and employment for people. So I suppose that's what you've got to put up with really yeah and do you think it's good that there's more and more people surfing generally yeah i think so yes yeah. yes I, 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 that's why it surprises me that they don't make more about it on sporting places you well know. They, they, they tend to do it if somebody surfs a big wave don't yes. they or you know or there's an accident or something yeah that's right yes you know because then it's like something i guess that people that don't surf can whether this understand. Artif- artificial wave at Bristol will help, I don't know. Have you had a go? Uh, I'm thinking about having a go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going on Wednesday, actually. Oh, lovely. Yeah. It's fun. But uh, I it's think really I would fun. probably do the intermediate or learner wave. I don't the, know. the main wave is really small. Is it? It's really small. It's like, when I surfed it, it was like... You've two, surfed it, have you? Yeah, it was like two or three foot. Well, the main wave. Yeah. Is it fast? It's a really easy takeoff. Oh, good. Yeah, I think you'd be fine. Like, yeah. it's 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 really forgiving. And, and I'd like to have a go, just yeah. to have a go, you know? Especially on a longboard. Yeah, mini-mail, as yeah, I mini yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like an eight-foot board. I it's am like, slower getting up, so... Yeah. Nah, I think you'd be fine. Yeah, it's yeah, cold, though. Yeah, I'd like though. to have a go. Yeah, so there's some... Um, Steve Holping that belongs to Carver Surfboards, he, he's thinking of taking a group up. Right. Funny enough, he's from Brighton, actually, originally. Okay, right. And uh, he's talked about taking a group up, so I might go with them. And my nep- nephew wanted to have a go, who lives near Bristol. Right. So I might get there eventually. I reckon they'd love to have you there, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have a go. But they say the water's very cold. It is really cold. I went in November, and it was it, it was freezing. And that was November, so now yes. we're in March. Yeah. God knows what it'll be like now. No. Um. So yeah, it was full like you know every every little bit wrapped up. But it was it was it's a really nice thing to do. Yes, I think I think you'd like it. Do they give you an hour or something? Give you an hour, and because you just get wave after wave after wave, you're knackered by the end yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, I do got. You, but if you miss it, you have to queue up or something. Yeah, so. but it's really quick. I think they do it like um, 
I think you, I think they run the sets for like two minutes, mm. and then they have a little break, and that gives you if you if you're quick, oh, okay. you get two. How like, do you get back to the start? Paddle back. Oh, you paddle. It's quite a long paddle. That's why I was knackered by the end oh, of it. Oh yeah, that would be me. Because you end up at, you, you end up getting a lot of waves, you know, way more than you normally do. Yeah. So you can see people like improving as because it's quite you know it's very consistent you're always moving yeah and you know because you're getting that many waves because that's the thing with surfing isn't it if you um yeah if it's not consistent it gets harder doesn't it oh i must have a go yeah definitely Mm. so who's your favorite british surfer that you've seen over all these years have you Uh, um, because you mentioned that you always used to like watching the you know the people who were better yes um you well, that's that's a good question. I, I mean, the winter boys were very good. Yeah, you got a picture uh, Nigel of Nigel Simmons, Roger Mansfield, Chris Jones. Though they were earlier ones, British, the British ones. As yeah. I say, Rodney Sumter, who actually th- did represent Britain in a competition. I think he came third in the world at one time. Right. Um, we're going way back now. Yeah. Um, and then the latter, well, Eden Berber, the ladies, Linda Sharp. Yeah. Um, uh, Robin Davis. Yeah, yeah. Later on. Yeah, I was um, going to try and speak to Robin actually, yes. but not really got time uh, this so trip. So I don't really know the names of the present ones. I do try and go down to have a look, but yeah. I, I don't really know the the there's Tassie Sw- Swallows from St Ives or something. She's yeah, been very I'm, good. I'm the same. I don't really know any no. of them. <laughs> they're all a bit young for me. And there's <laughs> the same with the fellows. I, I don't. Yeah, we well, got really like Lucas know. Skinner's like the famous yes, one at the minute. That's right, ben yeah. Skinner. He's very good. And yeah, long ball, brilliant. Yeah. Yes. He's a good surfer, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So there's lots of people like that. Yeah. Um, Adam Service, he, he's a South African. He's very good with the um, long board, and um, I've seen him surf paddleboarding the cribber. Really? Wow. Um, yes, and there was another South African. I've gotten his name. Oh, that might be Chris Chris Burtish, maybe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was because he lo- surfed the, the cribber a he lot, didn't he? He was a very nice chap, a yeah. lovely chap. I, well, He's the one that paddleboarded across the Atlantic, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. I first met him in Newquay, and it was daylight. Something like daylight. <laughs> yeah, windy. But not so windy. <laughs> and it was fistral, and I, I, was, I was practically the only surfer, and I saw this other chap. Right, and that was Chris. And that was Chris. Right. And he was so nice, you know, he was sort of, I mean, he just got out quickly. As, um, yeah. But he, he was a very modest person. Yeah. And when I saw him surf the cribber, his friend um, Adam <laughs> said, uh, "Chris came in and he said, oh, oh, uh, 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 he's, uh, Adam said, oh, Chris is now going to go uh, swimming now for somebody. Uh, he just been in well, <laughs> surfing the cribber and just then he was the going cribber. to the swimming pool he's gonna go to, s- to swim at so many lengths. Go knock out a few lengths. So that's how <laughs> how fit he was. Well, I guess he needs that if, you, yes. if you're going to paddle across the Atlantic. Because he surfed dungeons, hasn't he? Yeah. He went into big wave surfing, I think. Yeah, I actually saw him do a talk a couple of years ago and it he's was really interesting. He's a very nice chap, isn't yeah. he? Very clever, chap. very clever lad as well. Very, very modest. Yeah, he was modest. Yeah. But yeah yeah, that he's done a few things, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so yeah, you've obviously seen all those, like you've seen Russ Winter come through yeah. and and all those, and all those people. So yeah, you've had a bit of a ringside yeah, seat, uh, really, haven't you? Uh, who else? Um, yeah, there's lots. Of, I mean, obviously, my own friends, Ernest, yeah. and people like that. Oh, Alan Stokes. He, yes, yeah. I see Alan Stokes quite a bit. 
now. Yeah, yeah. He's a very good surfer. He's always been helpful again. Yeah. He's still surfing well. Who are you, who are you mainly surfing with? You just. You uh, well, it's, uh, I usually pick up a friend, um, Martin, who is a boogie boarder. Yeah. And another friend called Mike, who lives at South Fistral. Yeah. Uh, we're sort of older generation. Yeah, we yeah. just go in and enjoy it. How long have you and guys been surfing together? Pump. How long have you guys been surfing together? Uh, M- Martin, about 20 to 30 years. Yeah. Mike, more recently, because he was working away. Yeah. Um, and then there's Frances Carter. She used to run a lady surfing co- surfing school. Yeah. Which she still does. Has a lovely big Newfoundland dog. And then there's Claire Stevenson. She's still surfs. And uh, is very good surfer. Yeah. So there's and there's I've noticed there's loads of very good lady surfers now. Yeah, there's I mean the standard's amazing, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So yes. I mean I know them by sight and everything. Yeah. You know, and um uh yeah. And have you always surfed with a helmet? Or was that did that, that, came that, that, that come more later? In the last five or six years yeah. when I went in a day where it was very windy and the board was flying back. And I thought, well, this is stupid. Yeah. You know, you've got to get your head knocked one day. So I, and I saw um, a friend of mine, um, uh, he had a white helmet. He always, I think he was surfed up to, he was about 80. Wow. Uh, God, I've forgotten his name now. Um, and he was quite well known in Newquay. Yeah. And he always wore a white helmet. And I thought, that how sensible that is. Yeah. And my friend Martin, who's a boogie boarder, he wears a helmet. Yeah. And I think it's even more sensual because there's lower down in the water. Yeah. And people don't see you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, 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 I do like a... I've always worn a bathing hat, ironically. When you... The whole time? Oh, the whole time. Right. I hate water going in my ears. So I've always worn bathing hats. How are your ears? Did you get away with surfers here? Or yeah. have you, did you ever have to have no. any operations no. or anything? Wow. That's, a, that's amazing. And I've worn earplugs yeah, like for the whole, a long time. Yeah, so that'll be why then. Yeah. So and I've always worn bathing hats, and I don't, I don't duck dive much. Yeah, that'll all help. I've seen when I go in the water, I, I, I go out as far as possible. Yeah. Wait for, you know, a lull, and yeah. then I paddle like anything. I've seen people go in the water. And they're up to their toes. Back to the <laughs> and they start paddling and they're duck diving. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know, why, why? I can't see the point of it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I try not to duck dive, especially now. I don't want to. So luckily, touching wood. Yeah. I've got a wet, I have looked after my ears. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. how old are you now? 74. So, how long, and you, you, you're feeling as good as ever still when you're well, surfing? Yeah, well, I'm slowing up. Yeah. I am slowing up. <laughs> and I hurt my back last year trying to pick a friend of mine up who collapsed. Oh, right. And it didn't help. But yeah. um, I went to a back expert who ha- ha- happened to be also a surfer, lady, right. lady surfer, and she was brilliant. And so I was back in the water again six weeks later. But yeah. Um, so, but I, uh, yes, I'm slowing up, but I'm still getting up there and catching waves. So yeah, that's which, is, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you said your friend was still surfing when he was 80. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. That's life goals. Jolly Woolen, that's his name. Jolly right. Woolen, yes. He was quite well known. He, re- he died about two years ago. Right. And he also did go jumping off the cliff with a parachute thing. Oh, really? Base jumping? Parachute, um, wing thing. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, quite. yeah. And yeah. He was still in his 80s, you know. Right. <laughs> Blimey. There you go. Yeah. Um, and what's your favourite wave then? Two foot offshore. But where have you got a spot? Uh, Fistel's good. Yeah. Town Beach in the winter. Yeah. Great Western Beach in the winter. Yeah. And then the South Coast, which I don't want to say too many no, spots. No, I'm not going to ask you to name to name specifically. Because don't worry. The trouble <laughs> is, they, everybody goes there. Yeah, then, don't, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to give up those secrets. No. Yeah. But yeah, so like just mix yeah. it up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere which is, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to be, you know, as I say, duck diving and and fighting people. Fighting and, and, yeah, and, yeah. I just want to enjoy it. Yeah. So if you, if there's somebody listening to this who was thinking of getting into surfing, what would you, what would your advice be for them? First of all, can they swim? Yeah. Good bit of advice. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen people <laughs> go in, and I don't think they can swim. Yeah. Because you've got to look at this point of view. If you're out the back and you lose your leash and you have to swim in, you've got to be able to do that. You've yeah. got to be feel you could swim for the out to in. Yeah. And that's my limitations of surfing now. There's no point in going out. I've seen people jump off the rocks at fist straw, all that sort of stuff. They can't paddle out there. They shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. It's a good it's a good kind of natural. You know, but I think some people go in and they can't. You can just swim. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so if you're, if you're a good swimmer, that yeah. gives you confidence, doesn't it? Yeah. And how about if people are intimidated by the thought of like how, you know, because you know, when you start surfing, it can be a bit intimidating. Yeah. There's a lot of rules and, you know, there's, peop- you know, there's a lot of people and you're worried about making mistakes. And Well, uh, my advice is just try and find a spot where there's not so many people or go yeah. at a time when there's not so many people. Yeah. And um, as I say, in the summer, I tend to go. Er, I tend to go earlier in the morning. Yeah. I don't go much midday at all. Yeah, well, it gets a lot busier, doesn't it? Then um, evenings, I don't go very much in the evenings now. But yeah. mostly, I would go earlier in the morning if I can. Yeah. Parking and you know, crowds, etc. Yeah. Uh, but another thing with surfing is the important thing is not actually. Catching the waves is important. It's the paddling. Yeah, being fit enough. It's if you can't paddle for the sp- get the speed up to get that wave. Yeah, you you got you a know, problem. Uh, yes, <laughs> that that is the key to surfing. Is a good if you're able to paddle into that wave. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So even if there isn't a wave around, to go in and practice paddling. Yeah, yeah, that's a good bit of advice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the fitter you are, the more fun it is, really, yeah, isn't it? because, you know, you don't have to wait for the surf. If you want to really get into it, go in there with a surfboard and, pad, you know, practice paddling and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to surf the next couple of days? Uh, no, I shan't go in. To, I haven't been in today or tomorrow. Wednesday, there's a bit of a window Wednesday mor- Wednesday morning, isn't it? Over this side. Yeah, I think I might have a little look are on you, Wednesday morning. I'm leaving Wednesday about midday. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, if I go in, it will be about half a state. Yeah, I thought I'd try and get in for like half seven, eight. Because yeah. it, it looks you like the wind. You're going to go here, are you? I reckon, yeah. Just because yeah. it look, it's just easy, and it looks like the wind turns a little bit, doesn't it's it? It's offshore. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna. It's like we'll have about 
three hours yeah <laughs> maybe yeah yeah i'm gonna do that and then i'm gonna get get down the road yeah get down to the wave yeah yeah hey well gwen thank you so much that's all right that was really nice, nice to, meet, to you. meet you yeah Anyhow. can i keep your book yes that's brilliant thank you okay so there you go that was me and gwen haslock and i hope you enjoyed it that was actually the final episode i recorded during my trip to kerno but like I say, I wanted to bring it front and centre because she's such a legend and because it was such a lovely conversation. Something I think we could all do with at this point. My thanks to my friends at Watergate Bay and to Demi Taylor, like I said, for all the help getting this one off the ground. So yeah, what a week actually redefines the whole a week is a long time in politics line, right? Actually woke up two days ago with some mild flu slash corona symptoms myself. You can probably tell I'm a bit croaky as usual. Um so I am, as I speak, in the middle of the old seven days of self-isolation. And I've got to be honest, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. I mean, I've got a lovely wife and a dog that I don't hang out with nearly enough. I've got a pile of podcasts to edit. I've got a load of work I've been putting off to plough through. A massive pile of books to read and a looking sideways California book to finish. I might even dig into some of the longer term projects I've been sitting on for a while. I mean, when else are you going to read War and Peace as a friend of mine? likes to say during self-imposed periods of inactivity now elsewhere i did get a really nice email from listener frank stoddart which i think is worth sharing because it's absolutely ace frank writes matt how's it going just thought i'd drop you a quick note big fan of the podcast it's the only podcast every time a new episode comes out i get pumped even a new rogan doesn't get me going as much as this you've got a certain way of creating a great podcast after the majority of episodes, I feel like I've learned some mad new facts that keeps me fascinated. So just thought you should know, I really appreciate the time and effort that goes into creating the podcast. Please keep them coming as I'm not sure what I'd do without them. I came to the live event in East London last year with Nicholas Muller and Scove. I think you should do more of them. Anyway, I'm in Chamonix at the moment. You'll never guess who I just bumped into. Only fucking Arthur Longo and Blake Paul previous guests i should say if you've not checked that one out before after i them up for a while i plucked up the courage to go and have a chat and they're bloody legends i chatted to them about their podcast episode and all sorts anyway top blokes they're up to flagere t- tomorrow to go make a mad kicker heading up myself to go and see if i can get an invite anyway peace out and keep looking sideways podcast coming respect see a pic attached i was frothing and frank did attach a really brilliant picture of him blake and arthur heartwarming stuff and as a friend of mine said when he saw it on instagram I mean, that's what snowboarding is about, right? Big up Frank for sharing that tale. It's the type of thing that makes all the work I put into this thing worthwhile. So speaking of which, as I mentioned, I've got a pile of podcasts in the keep net, which means I'll still be releasing episodes over the coming months. I'm probably also going to relax my Skype ban while this is going on. Um, You know, travel's definitely at a minimum, I would say right now. So might finally get the chance to tick off some of the episodes I've been putting off um because i was going to try and do them in person every cloud and all that so yeah plenty of podcast listening time ahead and if you have enjoyed listening to me witter on over the months and years i'd be very grateful if you could take this opportunity to finally do that thing you've been meaning to do and show me some support in one of the following ways number one sign up for the newsletter goes out every monday morning with the five things i thought were worth sharing that week you can find sign up links on my website over at www.wearelookingsideways.com along with all the show notes or you can hit the link on my instagram at we look sideways where there's also a sign up link number two you could leave me a review on apple podcasts one for the old school there not said that for a while takes you two minutes i've got you know 
it's I'll be honest, it's slowed down, but I do get one a month. They're always nice to read. Number three, even easier, share the thing on social media, Twitter, Facebook, although I'm not on Facebook, but you know, Instagram, Insta stories. I don't care to be honest, but it all helps. And the, finally, if you really want to show some show some dedication, even you could buy some merch, which has the effect of actually putting some cash in the coffers. Again, if you head over to my website www.wearelookingsideways.com, there's a tab there that says shop, and there's a range of hoodies and tees that you can buy, pretty reasonably priced, I'm going to say. Um, and yeah, support the show. So that's it for this episode. I will be back next week with the latest instalment of my Type 2 series for Patagonia with none other than Chris Hines, founder of SAS, Surfing and Sewage, that is. Absolute cracker, that one. So to hear it, make sure you subscribe. All right, nice one. I'll see you later. (laughs) 